Welcome to another episode of I Am Nano. Putting the I in I Am Nano, I am your host, Irfani. And putting the M, I am your other host, Monica. And today, we'll be talking about our journey in graduate school. This will be a few-part series where we discuss and ramble about our graduate life throughout the years. And these are our experiences and opinions, and everyone is different and experiences different things. And yes, we are in the nanotech space for graduate studies in North America, but some of the struggles and ups and downs can be applicable to any grad life worldwide, regardless of discipline. Right. And we had different paths in entering the graduate life. And I actually started out as a master's student and then transferred as a PhD student. Yeah, and that's something very common in maybe North America, but in Europe and other regions outside of NA, it's typically you do a master's first, finish mm-hmm. that, and then do PhD. And the US mostly does, you know, the five year straight PhD stream, right. so where you immediately go in and you specialize. In Canada, we kind of have that option to, you know, start master's and then decide, yes, we like it and continue on. So my question for you, Irfani, is why did you do that transfer? I did this transfer because at first I wanted to test out the field, see if I liked it or not. But I also knew that with research, two years is kind of like a pretty short time frame. I wasn't sure if I was going to get a lot of substantial data and actually really enjoyed, really enjoyed the research that I was doing. Um, before I did the transfer, I actually asked around to see what other people have chosen to do. Some people actually tried to finish their master's first, so they do have a master's degree, and then they do their PhD. Um, the convenience of this is if you actually drop out of your PhD, you will still get out and have a master's degree. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's but crazy. for me, if I were to drop out, I never have a master's degree. I wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. get any other degree other than my bachelor's degree. Um, but if you do the transfer, it's a lot faster in okay. terms of time, right? So then instead of doing the two years and then four or five years, which amounts to six to seven years, I would have five years of PhD. Yeah. So that's why I did the transfer and I really liked it, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, Baman, you didn't really, you had a master's already, right? And then you decided to do a PhD afterwards. Yeah, I took my time to kind of explore around in different fields. And I enjoyed that because it gave me different outlooks on mm. doing straight organic chemistry and then going into different university different type of stream that still applied organic but um, did a lot of nanotech and allowed me to grow a lot as a person too Mm -hmm. and so I think experiencing different things helps a lot and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what you like and what you don't like right you know um, but I can imagine it must it might be you know sometimes very stressful for you um, during your studies, you know, when you're like, oh, no, this course is so stressful. I'm going to leave. Like, what do you do? What do you fall back on? Do you find that that was a source of stress for you? Or I think because also my bachelor's degree was in a different field. There was already a steep learning curve for me Mm -hmm. for me to study. Uh, I remember early in the early years, because I didn't 
really know what was going on. I had to learn a lot of things from scratch. And there were、mm-hmm. times where I would come in at, say, 7 or 8 a.m., and I'll、mm-hmm. finish at around 6 p.m. So 11 hours straight. Yep. In on campus. Well, I would obviously take some breaks in between and stuff like that. But at、yep. some point, I would burn out because of course, absolutely. I was、yes. just putting too much hours and I wasn't taking time for myself. But I knew that I had, I had, I was falling behind because I didn't have the knowledge that other people did at the time.、Mm-hmm. But over time, I got used to it. And although it was a, lear- a steep learning curve, That kind of struggle, I think, set me up well for now. Because、mm-hmm. now that I'm in my senior year and my last year of PhD, things start to come a lot, more, a lot easier for me,、right. certain concepts.、Mm-hmm. Of course.、Um, and I tend to pick things up faster in terms of the techniques that I did before. And even if it's something, it's a new technique, I would be able to understand it a lot faster. So,、mm-hmm. those struggles in the early years definitely. I had to, I definitely think everyone should go through it. At least I had to go through it. Of course. To help me. Yeah, to help me in the beginning. And、um, did you find that it was your supervisor that played a large role in, in inspiring you to stay and continue going? Or was that your peers or your lab mates or family? Like, where did you get your inspiration? To keep going and keep trekking around along this path to finally make it? I think it was a combination between just an internal inspiration.、Right. I really,、mm-hmm. really wanted to do this. But of course, during struggling times, sometimes I question, like, why am I putting myself through this?、Um, of course. Especially <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm burnt out, right? But、mm-hmm. I have a really great support system my peers,、um, my family members. And so they're the ones who tell me over and over again to determine and realize why I'm doing this in the first place.、Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a combination of a lot of things, to be honest with you. But having a comprehensive support system, both not only from your peers, your family, but also your supervisor, I think your supervisor plays a role in terms of. Inspiring where the feel is going towards. Okay, yeah. Right, because they are the ones who kind of have these ideas that they want to implement. And then they also collaborate with so many different people from different universities, in different countries. They kind of have like an idea of where they want the project to go.、Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the inspiration to help me move forward. But then when it comes to the struggles, it's my family and my peers. And everyone else who really support me to go through it.、Yeah. So it's important to have both internally and externally motivation. Yeah. 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 How about you? When you struggled, what helped you go through all of that? Yeah. So, yeah, I would agree with you both internally and externally.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a good support system, and, you know, it was something I wanted to do, and I believed in myself. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And I was very interested in the research and contributing、right. to this. Very unique research field. So I was very invested、mm-hmm. both mentally and emotionally into、mm-hmm. you know, my little carbon nanotubes,、That's、trying、right. to get them to align and making these tweezers. Like, I very much enjoyed the process. And in my final year, getting to actually make working devices, like,、mm-hmm. that was the, 
uh, icing on the cake for me. Right, I right. had a great experience overall. Mm-hmm. And I would also add, you know, there's always a low point in the process. I agree. It's always yeah. gonna, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. <laughs> I think one of the main things that I recognized um, not only growing as a person and becoming more resilient during my grad studies was mm-hmm. don't compare yourself if you're at, you know, middle of PhD or starting PhD or starting master's, you know, you're at not, don't compare yourself to other people that are at the highest oh. point of their career. Yeah. You're at a lower point, I guess, in, yeah. so to speak, in terms yeah. of academically. So don't go and compare yourself to the person next door who has been doing the research for five years and is mm-hmm. an expert. Don't compare yeah. a lower point in your life to a high, very high point in someone else's. Right. You don't know what other people are going through and what they did to get there. So right. focusing on yourself and your self-growth and not comparing yourself to other successes, that was a yeah. big realization that I had to go through and now you know I'm coming out of it and it's been a great process for me yeah no I totally agree it's really Mm. really easy to compare ourselves especially oh yes people are like oh yeah I just published this paper oh I'm going to this conference it's so easy to compare yourself 10 papers 20 talks like how all these scholarships Yeah. yeah It's very easy to compare yourself, but mm-hmm. just think of it as a journey. And it's not just, it's not about the output. It's more about, for me at least, it's about the impact that you have. Yeah. Um, so as long okay. as you contributed to the scientific community, I think that's still a really good uh, goal to have. Yeah, and you, you have a legacy. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Your yeah. thesis is your legacy. You have that on paper. And I think one of the advice, well, some of the advice I was given was, you know, dedicate your thesis to yourself at least in some way yeah. because you did it for you yes for sure i mean five years <laughs> that's <laughs> a least, long time at least, yeah. at least and that's longer than undergrad degrees for most people yeah, yeah. So, i mean some people do it three four but it depends exactly. on their background it mm-hmm. depends on the degree that it is some people do it in seven or eight or ten you know it takes the time it's gonna take yeah for sure and i also agree what you said how we become really emotionally invested and mentally invested I think it's a common thing for a lot of researchers, I believe. We mm-hmm. get really invested um, that we don't really feel like it's kind of work because we don't really know how to compartmentalize. At least for me, I don't know how to compartmentalize my work versus relaxing time because sometimes at home, I'm relaxing and my brain is still thinking about it. Like, oh my goodness, how do I do this? And I'm still researching and I'm supposed to be at home kind of taking time for myself. But right. It's so, because we're so invested in it, we just kind of, it was our whole life. And Mm. I think that's a very common thing for a lot of researchers, Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing because it means you're really dedicated to pursuing that. Mm, For sure. And then, so how do you try to turn your brain off after work then? It should be the question. (laughs) (laughs) How you do it, but how do you try to do it? How do I try? Yeah, it's always... I want to say meeting your friends would be mm-hmm. the main thing. But then if you meet friends, like if I meet you, I'll still be talking about research, you know. I know, we always have science. They're like, oh, we should work on this together. Yeah, exactly. But then, I so in this case, I would talk with other people who are not in the field, at least not in the same field as we are. Um, so then we can kind of turn it off a little bit. Or some other times, I would just try to listen to music or 
practice singing or something completely different than what I usually mm-hmm. do. And so on. Um, but it is hard to turn it on. Even until now, sometimes I have a hard time because when I know something isn't working, it really bothers me. And mm-hmm. it's like, I need to get this working. I need to get this working. It's really hard sometimes. But it's still a struggle that I have to deal with uh, even up till now. So, yeah. Of course. And so I guess we were talking a lot about our struggles. Um, do you, so that's, I guess, the cons, <laughs> you know, the stress or, you know, mm-hmm. you can really fully relax. But what would you say is like a main pro of doing grad school it really grows you as a person mm. all those failures and all those experiences not only academically but also socially because mm-hmm. of the yeah. surroundings that you have you really grow as a person you manage first of all you need to be really organized um, and then you have to be able to work with others well and all of the times you can't do everything that you want to do so you have to be able to work with other people and that inter social skills right yeah is hashed Very out a bit more. Mm. even though that researchers tend to be seen as someone who is very introverted or very focused on their thing in the lab mm-hmm. i find actually when i talk with other people as well um we tend to like working alone like i i don't work with a lot of people most of the time mm-hmm. but once in a while we work with others most of the time as well though I would be alone in the lab by myself just doing my own thing right um, so having to collaborate with other people is also something that you get a chance to develop during the grad studies but the biggest thing is that you get to contribute to the scientific community Right. Yeah. Which is the end goal essentially. Now that's yeah. the end goal. You want to be Huge able boss. to advance the field forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, what do you think about how that you're? Yeah, out? definitely socializing um, and intermingling with um, not just the people in my lab space or right. in my fields, but also that are working in other departments. I mm-hmm. thought was very interesting. And um, one of the greater things I did was not only being part of my departmental community, but also being part of the overall scientific mm-hmm. graduate community yeah. as a science grad ambassador. So that was mm-hmm. very great for me to kind of, you know, get to know other people in different fields and mm-hmm. disciplines and work mm-hmm. together, as well as also being part of the greater community outside the university. I found it really important to also try to get my mind off work by volunteering elsewhere right. I thought that was one of the ways I found to kind of you know take a step mm-hmm. out of the lab out of the right. whole university yeah, region and right. just go volunteer a weekly somewhere else you know two hours take my mind off the research and you know That's it's true. nice because you get to socialize with those yeah. that work in your community overall because you when you go into a new new city yeah, new university. Yes, you're part of that university community, but you're also part of the greater community overall. So integrating yeah. myself there and I really enjoy overall in grad school, you know, the publishing the papers, but also the kind of, you know, traveling and discussing with others, the whole presentations and conferences. That's mm-hmm. really, really fun. And there's 
scholarships to apply for that can fund you for those travels. So right, right, it's really right. nice. It, it's a nice little, you know, self boost that yeah. you're like, oh yes, I get to present, and other people are actually, you know, interested in my research. It's not just me. Yeah. You know, I'm making some kind of an impact. Yeah, that feels really good when someone asks you about your research. It feels very, very good because you're not doing it just for yourself, but you have a tangible, you know, impact on other people. Yeah. Yeah. But so you got to keep yourself active, and I know that you're really active in grad school. It was I was amazed because you were doing so many things, and then you're still killing it. I'm good. Oh, too, well, so. you. <laughs> you know, you have to try. I think it's just trying. I think um, I read. Um, Anne Vanderkam's 168 Hours in a Week and How to mm-hmm. Maximize That. Mm-hmm. And I think one, I heard her speak. She came to the university and I went to one of her talks and read her book. And then that recognizing that I have this many hours to mm-hmm. you know sleep and work. Mm-hmm. And actually, there's a lot of time I wasted on social media at first. <laughs> and or, you know, you just YouTube on videos. And yeah, it's yeah, surprising, yeah. like how much of your time actually goes there when, you know, you mm-hmm. could quantify that and actually integrate like exercise the volunteering the extra true. work in there and i still had time to have a social life it's surprising it once you actually organize right things right. out um yeah. yeah it's really easy to just spend so much time on youtube i mean i'm very guilty oh, of that yeah. i'm very guilty of that and, yeah yeah oh i'm 100% me too so, oh, laura vanderkam laura vanderkam was laura vanderkam yeah. okay yeah. i'm gonna listen to her too Well, yeah. get her book kind of yeah. too. Yeah, I wish I wish that I also had more time to read books, though. Mm-hmm. Um, just not research papers, but yeah. I guess because I was always reading research papers, or, you know, yeah. or textbooks, you know, it kind of makes it hard to read other literature. I, yeah. if I were to go back, I think that's one of the things I would integrate and exercising, mm-hmm. like as soon as I started grad school and getting into a schedule, and that would be. You know, having a schedule with regular book reading, right, um, right. and you know, weekly write a paragraph of what you did or the results you got—just a mm-hmm. little paragraph, even mm-hmm. if it's four little lines—helps mm-hmm. so much writing yeah. the thesis down the road. So it, those would be a couple of little tweaks I would do, yeah, um, if I were to go back yeah. uh, and change things. But mm-hmm. I mean, I would still 100% recommend doing the whole experience. But yeah. uh, how about yourself? You, I, what would you change if you were to go back and do things? I think for me, it was also the time management in terms right. of yeah. not doing just research. Because at least in the beginning as well, I was just so invested in it, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't do any, I don't read any books. I started doing that recently, only at the urging of my husband. <laughs> Yes, because uh, some external person like, me. Yeah, yeah, he scolds me. Like you need to read something else other than technical stuff. It expands your way of thinking. Mm. It expands your mind beyond mm. of what you're used to. Um, yeah, so that's something that I'm starting to implement. To be honest, up till now, it's still hard. I try to at least have at least one hour before bed, mm-hmm. reading some kind of book, even a few pages. Oh, that's nice. That worked for a while. But then right now, right now I'm kind of back into the original cycle. So okay. now this is a good time for me to get back to it again. Throughout all this time, what would you say to people who are thinking or debating about going to grad school? Is it a good choice? Or should you just take master's or PhD? Would you still recommend it to 
people who are debating? Yeah, I think it depends on your overall goals in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've definitely heard of people, you know, they go, they do a master's and then they go work for a few years and then mm-hmm. they go back and do like a PhD or an MBA. Mm-hmm. You can always go back and do it later on in life for sure. Mm-hmm. Although I did find that for a PhD specifically in the STEM discipline, you know, not having any children, not doing not not having you know extended social circles mm-hmm. um at the stage in life um especially not having any kids or you know family yet um mm-hmm. it was just me focusing on my own research it mm-hmm. helps a lot being younger when you don't mm-hmm. have as many responsibilities mm-hmm. or people to take care of it helps right. a lot and also like yeah i did this phd but at the same time i don't have to keep working in my field after i graduate right so that's right. also something i think people should consider like yes you're interested in now you're doing it now like those transferable skills that you recognize like organization and time management those are going to come with you you're going to learn that mm-hmm. for sure and you don't have to work in whatever you did your phd in after or your master's yeah, yeah you can yeah. change your mind yeah yeah for sure i completely agree i think Again, it depends on what your goals are. I personally would not change a thing. I would mm-hmm. still go down the same path. I would take my master's first. I think I've learned a lot. In addition to the organization and time management skills, yeah. the biggest thing is also the analytical skills because right. yes. my supervisor and my committee members are always like grilling me. Why are you doing <laughs> this? Why is it like this? Why didn't you think of this? You know, they're always grilling. You. So you really become really sharp. after mm-hmm. you do your PhD because so many people are just asking you why are you doing this but in the end it's your own project and you're the master of it right you do well, every so. single thing you do every single thing so that's also a big big plus um this not that i'm saying you wouldn't be able to attain all these skills in other fields or other mm-hmm. other works but this is a big deal that i have felt because i know how to handle questions now better right i don't uh-huh. get nervous i would get really nervous before but not anymore and if someone wants to do a nanotech degree i would recommend if you're not sure about it do a masters first test it out mm, see yeah. if you like it because also in nanotech there's a lot of different topics right oh yeah yeah so one topic may not be suitable for you and you can always move on to a different one mm-hmm. uh, yeah. if you're really sure about it then you can take the five year teaching it's still a really long time commitment though mm-hmm. so you have to be very very sure very invested in it and so for those who are debating about it these are things you need to consider and mm-hmm. just know that the struggles may differ depending on where you are what university you are in the requirements that they have and also your supervisors your lab mates that makes a huge deal mm-hmm. because some lab mates can prevent you from doing your phd properly how the lab is organized also has an impact on them mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things to consider but i would not change a thing if i were to go back yeah so. and it's a great point that you brought up too because nanotech is so interdisciplinary or mm-hmm. so you know yeah you can do it chemistry you do more chemistry one day and then more physics the other day mm-hmm. and or some bio in there or some other engineering like it's so applicable for everything so it makes you very versatile for working in industry too yeah would you still recommend the degree that you got or is there something that you would do differently 
Uh, so I would recommend it absolutely, yes. I think it's very important to be cross-disciplinary and to explore your interests uh, as well as, you know, okay, like combining things of your interest as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is a great opportunity for self-growth and also growing your CV. Mm-hmm. And so overall, it's a great experience and you know it actually in, in the long run five years over like say you live till 90 That's you know true. it's a small it's a fraction small. yes true. other people you know they'll be working in industry like people the same age as you and they'll make 10 at times as much money but <laughs> in the long run you will also get money the money will be there in the long run yeah like, don't worry like just be present in the now yes. it'll come you know enjoy it now and then you'll be called if you do a phd it's doctor after even if you do your master's master's is a great to hone in your skills in two years yes. and there's a lot of people that they do a master's and they get papers like which is amazing yeah two years in a paper like oh i bow to you yeah. <laughs> that's so good yeah i mean also with the graduate salary we don't make as much <laughs> So it does feel sometimes when you compare yourself to other people who are in the industry, but it's it's worth the investment. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's why the big thing I learned is don't compare yourself to others. Like exactly. high points in your life versus low points in yeah. your, you know their life. Yeah, it's okay. We all yeah. we all different. we have our own journey. Yeah. Don't don't worry. So you know you kind of break even in grad school, especially in Canada. I found and yeah, um, and you also have scholarships you can apply for. So. Yeah, of course. There's scholarships. You have to look for them, but they're, they're, they're everywhere. There's the resources there. People are willing to help you. Yeah, oh. for sure. Yeah. So it's I nice. hope that whoever's debating to go to grad school, this doesn't deter them away from doing mm-hmm. it. This hopefully helps them to determine if they want to do one or not. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. a little insight from a couple of North American <laughs> grad girls. Yeah. In the, the nanotech space, obviously, yes. but a lot of the things we said are applicable everywhere else. And mm-hmm. hopefully others, you know, they have a, of our listeners, you know, and they, they come and they comment and we're more than happy to listen to others' experiences as yeah, well. For sure. And up, up in the future, we're going to have more episodes that talks about our grad life. Then we're going to have, we're going to interview some other people who have different experiences from the industry, from other countries. So stay tuned for those. And undergraduate students, they're very important yes. too. Like, they're very important. Forget. My bad. Uh, <laughs> my bad. They're very important too. They have really a wide breadth of knowledge and experiences. So we will be interviewing them here as well. So much um, enthusiasm when you first start yeah. like, <laughs> your post-secondary education. Too. Yeah. So yeah, stay tuned. And that's all the Dana for today. Take care. And stay curious. <laughs>